The Ain't No Fang Podcast. From Arizona Sports, Ain't No Fang. Right field, back at the warning track, back at the wall, touch them all! Geraldo Perdomo, and a high fly ball, deep right field, no doubt about this, 2-0 Diamondbacks, home run Marte. The drive to left, that ball might go, that ball's gone! How about this inning, home run out, home run out, home run! And a shot to left center field. Back she goes. Are you kidding me? Gabby Marino hits it out anyway, and it's 4-0 Diamondbacks. Beating the Dodgers is sweet. Sweeping them in the playoffs is even sweeter. Doing it in front of 50,000 of your closest friends at Chase Field without ever trailing, that's absolutely priceless. With a 4-2 win over the Dodgers tonight, the Arizona Diamondbacks are heading back to the NLCS for the first time since 2007. Hello everyone, Steve Zinsmeister with you and welcome to the Arizona Sports NLDS postgame special. But you know what, actually this isn't just special coverage, this is more like a party tonight. We're going to celebrate tonight, you and me, as the Diamondbacks will play for a pennant for the first time 16 years in the making. Let's start with the story of the entire series because this was a through line all the way through all through uh, all the way through three games that they played. The story of the series is the Diamondbacks jumped all over the Dodgers starting pitchers. It started with Kershaw, then it moves to Bobby Miller, and then tonight against Lance Lynn. LA got four and two thirds innings out of their starters. Not tonight. I'm not talking about tonight. They got four and two-thirds innings out of their starting pitchers in the entire series. In three games, four and two-thirds, 13 earned runs. That's an ERA of 25 for those of you keeping stats at home. 25 ERA for the starting pitchers for the Dodgers. And by the way, that went down 15 earned runs over the course of this game today. So that should tell you something. 16 hits they gave up. Almost four times as many hits as innings. Five home runs, including four in this game that you just heard in that clip. We're going to talk a lot more about that tonight as well. They only struck out two hitters in the Diamondbacks lineup in three starts. The Diamondbacks jumped all over these guys. And I know the Dodgers have had their own sort of turmoil in their starting rotation, whether it's injuries to certain guys like Walker Bueller, Dustin May, Tony Gonsolin at different times, or off the field stuff with Urias, with Bauer, all those things aside, because by the way, other teams have their own issues to deal with come postseason time. I don't care about what the Dodgers were going through in their starting rotation. They had what they had, and the Diamondbacks showed up. Let's talk about the inning tonight. The inning, I'm calling it. Four solo homers you just heard in that clip in a single inning. The Diamondbacks are the first team in MLB postseason history to hit four home runs in the same inning. All solo shots, by the way. In fact, Gabriel Moreno hit the fourth home run. It was overturned as a very close foul ball. And then on the very next pitch, he hit it clearly over the left center wall. I've never seen that happen before, let alone within that incredible context of when it happened. I've never seen a player hit a foul ball like that and then immediately on the next pitch make it very abundantly clear to everyone in the ballpark and watching at home that he hit it over the wall. For real that time. 
I saw Andrew McCutcheon, former MVP in this league. He's tweeted something very similar. He's like, I don't know that I've ever seen that happen. Gabriel Moreno hit two home runs in the same at-bat tonight. That's really something. He's the first catcher with three or more home runs in a single postseason at the age of 23 or younger. If you want to talk about Gabriel Moreno being one of the key cogs in the Arizona Diamondbacks lineup as well as defensively, yeah, we could talk about that all night long if you want to. And we're going to talk more about him in a second because of what happened later in this game to him. But in that inning, it starts off with a home run from Perdomo, who only had six home runs all season long. Perdomo's not a power hitter. Geraldo Perdomo's a, a, got a great approach at the plate. Still a very young player. He's in his, I guess, second full season because he played the majority of last year with Nick Ahmed out. Geraldo Perdomo's not a power hitter. So for him to lead that charge with the first home run, I think it surprised most of the people in that ballpark and definitely me watching on the TV. Then Moreno, he only had seven on the season. I had a running bet with my radio partner, Mitch Vereldis. He, he bet me Moreno was going to hit 20 this year. He hit seven in the regular season. But he's got three in the postseason. They're all coming at the right time. Christian Walker, the team's leading power hitter, if you ask me. I mean, it's pretty abundantly clear there as well. Walker's home run left the ballpark at 113 miles per hour. It was very different than the other home runs that had been hit. He crushed that ball. Absolutely destroyed. It left the ballpark in a hurry. And Cattell Marte, of course, hit the fourth one. Uh, not in chronological order, but he is the other guy who hit a home run tonight. Cattell Marte, he pimped the heck out of that home run. I mean, big time. I wasn't sure how the Dodgers were going to respond to that because th- these home runs were all off of Lance Lynn, who left the second inning, a clean second inning. He goes off the mound with his own little celebration that I'm sure the Diamondbacks noticed as he was leaving the mound. Some hip action, if you know what I mean. I'm not going to describe it more than that. But he did some stuff that I think the other team probably noticed and then took it out on him in the third inning. Maybe he regrets that. Cattell Marte's postseason so far, by the way, six hits, two home runs, four RBIs, four runs scored, and an OPS over 900, 937 to be exact. Let's talk more about Gabby Moreno Uh, Because he did have another important, impactful moment in this game, and not in a great way. Gabriel Moreno got hit on the hand by a pitch that was fouled off the bat of Chris Taylor. Um, He stayed in the game initially, but then he was pulled later. Uh, I think that was when they ended up going with Pavin Smith as the pinch hitter, and then obviously they replaced the catcher. Um, I'm still a little confused. Okay, so officially it's labeled a hand contusion. Uh, I'm sure that they've already looked very closely at his hand, and I'm hoping to get really good news. And they've got plenty of time off now that they've clinched for the next round. So hopefully all things are are well with Gabriel Moreno. Um, Why wasn't he protecting the hand? He had it in front of him. You don't typically see that from catchers. You will see it occasionally, um, but usually they keep the hand in the front only if they're trying to get a quick exchange to get a runner. Um, In this case, that wasn't the case. So I do question why he doesn't protect that hand. I'm not saying it's wrong necessarily. Certainly he's one of the better catchers defensively in the league. He knows a thing or two about what he should or shouldn't be doing. Um, But he got hit square on the hand. Not his fault, obviously. It went off of the bat of Chris Taylor, who I believe was trying to lay down a bunt on that play. Um, And I don't know. It's interesting. We'll see how that impacts the, the series 
the next series moving forward. But Gabriel Moreno is no stranger to nicks and bruises. He got hit on the head by the backswing of Bryce Terang during the Milwaukee series. Uh, Obviously, he didn't miss any time for that. So, I don't know, man. He's an absolute trooper. I wanted to talk about something that I heard Tom Candiotti mention several times during the postgame show right after the game tonight. Embrace the chaos has been the new slogan that has been embraced by the Diamondbacks organization. They created this, as far as I'm aware. It's supposed to mean getting on base, stealing bags, sacrificing, clawing your way to a win, whatever that takes. It's meant to be the brand of baseball that the Diamondbacks have played all season long. I totally get it. Embrace the chaos. Creating chaos on the base paths. It's something Torrey Lovello has preached all season. It's something they're very, very good at. One of the best teams in the league at doing that. This is not how they're winning right now. They're creating chaos, sure. But four home runs in one inning is not exactly what they meant when they were coming up with embrace the chaos. We'll take it. We'll take it all day long. But it's not exactly the way we thought the Diamondbacks would be winning these games. Because throughout the course of the regular season, this was not a power-hitting team. During the regular season, Arizona was 22nd in the league in home runs. They hit 166 of them. The Dodgers hit 249. The Atlanta Braves hit almost double the amount of home runs that Arizona hit in the regular season. But here we are in the postseason where the D-backs have the most home runs, 13 of them. The Astros and the Phillies each have 10. The Dodgers and the Brewers both had one. Real testament to the D-backs pitching staff, by the way. I mean, the Diamondbacks are winning with power right now. It's a certain kind of chaos, but it's not the chaos we thought we would see from this team. By the way, they're still stealing bags. They're still getting on base. They're still doing a lot of the fundamental things that we wanted to see. It's just the power. I don't know where it came from. I I, I hope it's sustainable. If I had to be super nitpicky about a team that's 5-0 and in the postseason and, and just demolish the Dodgers, if I had to get really nitpicky, it's that this is a brand of baseball we haven't seen for sustained periods during the regular season. But boy, does it look impressive right now. I'm not going to complain. Let's talk about Brandon Fought, the rookie who got called up this season, was the best pitching prospect in the organization over the last year or two. And he struggled throughout the regular season. There's no doubt. A 5.72 ERA, a whip over 1.4. Brandon Fott had some some tough call-ups and got sent back down a couple of times during the regular season. He struggled. But this is a team that really only had two reliable starters heading into late September. And you go into the postseason and Brandon Fott found himself starting game one against the Brewers. And now playing the clinching game against the LA Dodgers. He stepped up to the plate, metaphorically, of course. He didn't bat. Two starts, 3.86 ERA, seven innings pitched, six strikeouts. Brandon Fought has been ideal for them. But he got pulled after four and a third tonight, and he looked unhittable. He only had two hits against him. And I questioned in my mind, is this the right decision? Torrey Lovello's been very aggressive going to the bullpen early in games when he needs to. And he would have been justified if he had let him finish the inning or maybe even go beyond that had he finished the the fifth inning clean. I could have seen a scenario where Brandon Fott works his way towards six-plus innings in the start. That's how good he was tonight. But Torrey Lavella pulled him for Joe Mantiply. And Mantiply picked him up. He did it again. 
He's got two and two-thirds innings pitched this postseason with zero hits against him. No runs. No runs. Joe Mantiply has been fantastic. Let's talk about uh, the one downside today that I think... I struggle with this. I I don't want to harp on this. But Ryan Thompson is human after all. And I don't want to harp on it. He threw an inning tonight, four hits against him, two earned runs. He was the only pitcher who really had any blemishes. But let's not linger on this guy's struggles tonight. Instead, I'd like to highlight the significance of how quickly this man has earned the trust of Torrey Lovello. Thompson was a 31-year-old cast-off from the Rays organization, an absolute pitching factory. They don't get it wrong with pitchers very often. So for them to toss him aside and say, yeah, we're good. We got other options. He threw 13 innings in the regular season for Arizona and was absolutely phenomenal. 0.69 ERA, a whip of about half of a walker hit per inning. That's insane. 0.54 whip. He's pitched in four of the five postseason games. He's got five innings pitched, two earned runs. That's not even bad, statistically speaking. Was it a tough outing tonight? Yes. But this is a guy who should be celebrated, not criticized. He's been fantastic throughout the postseason. You want to talk about other fantastic guys in the bullpen? Since we've highlighted the other ones, let's talk about Kevin Ginkle for a second. He's been the D-backs' best reliever this season. His regular season... Two and a half ERA, a whip under one, 70 strikeouts, 23 walks. The postseason, four and a third, no earned runs, eight strikeouts. Ginkle comes in today, walks the first batter of the eighth inning, and then managed to strike out Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman to get out of a jam. Those are two of the three best players in the National League this year. He got the heart of the the Dodgers order and he dominated them. He got Freddie Freeman to swing at a pitch high and above the zone. That doesn't happen. Ginkle might also be the emotional leader of this bullpen. You'll remember, think back to the last time the D-backs were in the postseason, 2017. And you remember the wild card game. We all remember the wild card. It's like everybody I know was at the wild card game, by the way. Anytime I talk about this, everybody's like, oh, yeah, I was there. It was amazing. I I have a feeling that a lot of people are going to talk about tonight's game in a similar fashion. You'll remember Archie Bradley was the emotional leader of the pen and basically the whole team back then in 2017, the last time they made the postseason. Ginkle is giving me those vibes right now. And I'll tell you, he's having a comparable year to what Archie did in 2017. Similar strikeout numbers, similar walk numbers. Archie's ERA was lower. He gave up less runs, but Ginkle gives up less hits. So they're having very comparable Seasons and very comparable roles, too. Neither of them were the closing pitcher, interestingly enough. I love to see the emotion as he gets off the mound. I love that I love that he celebrates when he has has big, big moments for this team. Love the emotion. Paul Seawald doesn't show emotion when he's pitching. I love this guy. The perfect trade at the perfect time. Paul Seawald's postseason is four innings pitched, two hits, no runs, five Ks. Mike Hazen's biggest trade of the year, and it couldn't be going any better. Hazen's got other great trades, by the way. He traded for Cattell Marte. That was his first move as general manager, first big one that I remember. He traded for Cattell Marte, and it wasn't an easy call. He gave up an all-star second baseman in Gene Segura. 
Now, Cattell Marte has become the better player between the two of them, but at the time, that was a difficult decision to make. And he got Taiwan Walker in that deal, who didn't end up being a great D-back, but ended up having better seasons later on. He also got Zach Gallen, the ace of this ball club, one of the two aces, and gave up his top prospect in Jazz Chisholm to get Zach Gallen. That wasn't a sure thing either. Hardly at all. But boy, did it work out. So the NLCS awaits for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Four days off for the D-backs. The NLCS will begin on Monday in either Philadelphia or Atlanta. Uh, I'm not sure who I would rather face. Those are two incredibly difficult ball clubs. Philadelphia is on fire right now. They lead 2-1 to in that series. Uh, Bryce Harper is just lighting the world on fire by himself And I think we all know what Bryce Harper can do in a postseason when he takes over. So that's intimidating on its own. Then you've got Atlanta. And while they seem to be faltering, I would hate to underestimate a team like that. Knowing what their lineup looks like. Ronald Acuna Jr. is the best player in baseball this season. Matt Olson with the power numbers he displayed. Over 50 home runs. I think he had like 135 RBIs or something crazy like that this season. Austin Riley. Ozzie Albies, the rest of their lineup is insane. Sean Murphy was one of the best catchers in baseball. I I don't know who I'd rather face in that series, but I'm highly anticipating the end of that one because I, I that series against the Diamondbacks starts on Monday, and it, it it's good that the D-backs have time to rest leading up into that series. We'll have more on that, and we'll preview more of the NLCS coming up later in the show. But up next, let's get you involved in this party. Were you at the game? What was it like? Call in. Did you watch at home? Call in. Did you listen to the legend Greg Schulte on the radio broadcast? Call in and let's celebrate together. 602-260-9870. 602-260-9870. Are you the most excited D-backs fan in town? I want to celebrate with you next on the Arizona Sports NLDS postgame party. Arizona Sports NLDS postgame special on 98.7 and the Arizona Sports app. The 0-2. Swing and a miss. He struck him out. And Brandon Fox struts off the mound with a 1-2-3 top of the fourth inning. Final line for Brandon Fought tonight. Four and a third innings pitched. Only two hits. He struck out two as well. No earned runs in the game that clinched the series for the Diamondbacks. Good evening, everyone. Steve Zinsmeister here with you on the Arizona Sports NLDS postgame special. I'm calling it a party tonight. The Diamondbacks are going back to play for a pennant for the first time in 16 years. It was 2007 the last time that they did this. And I'm telling you, man, this postseason has been all about exercising demons. You had to wipe out the Brewers, who took you out in 2011. No thanks to Ryan Braun, cheater. Then you had to take out the Dodgers, who eliminated the Diamondbacks back in 2017, after the D-backs basically depleted their starting rotation in the wild card play-in game. You remember that format? where they had to waste their two best pitchers just to get to the postseason, get to the NLDS, where the Dodgers then wiped the floor with them. Well, consider that uh, favor returned from the Arizona Diamondbacks. They win 4-2 to tonight. They won 4-2 to in Game 2. And, of course, they blew the Dodgers out of the water in Game 1. So they sweep the series. They never trailed to the Dodgers, which is unbelievable because, as Bob Costas put it uh, five or six times throughout this series, he reminded us that the D-backs lost uh, 16 more games. Uh, they 
won 16 less games than the Dodgers. Let's put it that way. Let's get some of your thoughts here on the postgame special party. 602-260-9870. Were you at the game? How are you feeling right now? This is an exciting moment. The Diamondbacks haven't been to the postseason in six years. They haven't been where they are today in 16 years. Let's go to the phones right now. Danny is, I believe, in his car. Danny, are you leaving the game? Yeah, on the way home right now. How was the vibe at the ballpark with 50,000 of your closest friends? It's something I could not honestly describe. It was it was probably that fourth inning, probably the greatest sport moment of my life when Moreno hit that last homer. Do you think the ballpark got louder for the first one or the second one? Because he did hit the, the, the oh. first seemingly a home run, but it was called back as a foul ball. 100% the second one. I think there was this feeling in the stadium after that that you were expecting that he would hit another with just how hot those bats were at that point. Were you at the wild card game six years ago when Archie Bradley hit the triple? No, I was 10 years old, actually. Gotcha. See, I think that's probably the biggest moment that most Diamondbacks fans remember right now. I mean, aside from winning the World Series in 2001, but that's, you know, a while ago. I think tonight was probably the most exciting moment at Chase Field since that triple. And it sounds to me like you're kind of confirming the vibe that was going on in the ballpark tonight. Yeah, I mean, it it was history made with that fourth homer of the inning. I think that's going to go down as one of the greatest moments in this uh, team's history, especially as it comes in a sweep of the Dodgers. Yeah, no, I I definitely agree with you on that. Thanks so much for the call, Danny. Get home safe. Uh, I appreciate you uh, making the call. Yeah, as for Moreno, uh, the power is coming out of nowhere. The guy hits seven home runs in the regular season. He's a line drive hitter. He's He's not this kind of power catcher. He's not Mike Piazza out there. He's a guy who's going to hit you 280, 285 batting average, which is amazing for a catcher. When was the last time the D-backs had a catcher doing that? All those years of Jeff Mathis hitting 180 and uh, Alex Avila barely hitting his weight. And Gabby Moreno all of a sudden is an offensive and defensive juggernaut behind the plate. By the way, I did read in the Athletic uh, postgame, they had a reporter who said that uh, Moreno told them postgame that his x-rays were negative. So that's that's very good news and hoping that that means uh, all is well for the next series. All right, let's go back to the phones. Peter is in Phoenix and he wants to join the party. Peter, uh, how are you feeling after six years of waiting for postseason baseball? Tonight was finally the night. Oh my gosh, I can't even explain it. I'm, see, I'm sure you can hear from my voice. I'm actually on my way home from the game. Um, it was something I've never experienced before. It seemed like everybody in that stadium was best friends for three hours, three and a half hours. Yeah, no, I totally get that. Hey, what? Compare it to any other moment you've been to in a, in a Diamondbacks game, at a Cardinals game, ASU, Suns. Have you ever experienced the excitement of, let's say, that inning with the four home runs because that's kind of the big moment in the game. Have you ever felt anything like that before in town? I have not, and I'm still smiling and still speechless about it. Uh, me and my buddies who we were with, we we're gonna, I'm going to go home and watch the highlights just to kind of relive it. I got my towel here on my lap, and I'm, I'm, I'm just swinging it around as I'm driving home. Were there any Dodger fans nearby? Did you, did you keep an eye on them throughout the game? No, actually, luckily, we're on the third base side, so uh. not a lot. There were a lot of Dodgers fans. I wouldn't say a lot on the first base side. But you still saw some red towels swinging around over there. So it was, the, the support was amazing. 
Like, yeah. it was absolutely amazing. Like, you've never seen anything before from a Dodgers Diamondbacks game. Yeah, I appreciate the call, Peter, and safe travels home. Yeah, that's the thing about Dodgers D-backs games, right? Is that you never know what you're going to get crowd-wise. Well, I, you kind of do know, actually. During the regular season, it's it's going to be an 80-20 split, and it's going to be Dodgers fans. I mean, that's just the way it has been for a long, long time. They take advantage of those regular season games where, let's be honest, D-backs attendance is not the highest in the league. And we got a lot of people who move here from L.A. A lot of people who move here. And I just had this feeling that being down 2-0, and being down 2-0 the way they were down 2-0 getting demolished in game one. Kershaw barely making it out of the first inning. He didn't make it out of the first inning, in fact. Uh, For that to be the way they were losing the series, I just didn't anticipate Dodger fans showing up. And from what we're hearing so far on the phones, it doesn't seem like Dodgers fans really showed up all that much. And they didn't have much to cheer for, that's for sure. Jalen is in Tempe. Jalen, what kind of vibes were you getting watching the game tonight? What a night. We get to flex our demons. We go into Milwaukee, take two games on the road, go to L.A. where we've been horrible. I'll admit it. We've been horrible in A. Take two games in L.A., come home, sweep the Dodgers. It's amazing. This feeling as a Diamondbacks fan is something you never get. It's amazing to not be the little brother anymore, and we'll be able to hold on to this for seasons to come. Yeah, and Jalen, you know, we're all on cloud nine here, but tell me, what are reasonable expectations going forward? I mean, I want to celebrate tonight. I'm going to celebrate with you for, I'm still here for the next like hour or whatever it is, but walk me through how you feel about going into the NLCS for the first time in 16 years. We are playing with house money. We, we're not, nobody expected us to be here. I didn't expect us to be here. Just go out there, keep doing what we're doing, swing the bat, throw the ball. Hopefully you have more runs at the end of the game. You've already won. We've already won. We're way ahead of schedule. Let's just ride this momentum into Philly or Atlanta. Who cares? I don't even care. Yeah, I'm with you. Thanks, Jalen. I appreciate the call. Let's take one more before we head to break. Uh, Steven is in Phoenix. Hey, we share a name. That's pretty cool already. Uh, Steven, you weren't the guy who tried to run across the outfield in the middle of the game and try to climb the fence, were you? No, I wasn't, um, oh, although goodness. that was a fun moment to see that. <laughs> <laughs> they tried to get into the pool. They almost did. Were you at the game? You watched it happen? Yeah, I was at the game. Um, I can't remember exactly what inning it happened in, but that was a pretty wild uh, moment. It almost got as much of a pop as uh, uh, Gabby's home run in the third. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, it's funny. None of the players had any problem getting over that fence postgame when they went to celebrate in the pool. Uh, Let's talk some baseball, though. The biggest moments of the game, which one got your heart pumping? Uh, You know, honestly, at the end, everybody's screaming, beat L.A. as Paul Seawald was in the game, and trying to close it out and there was the uh, I think he had gave him one hit but just that whole inning was just electric everybody going wild you couldn't hear any of the Dodgers fans at least that are around me everyone was just screaming beat LA it was awesome Uh, it sure was thanks Steven appreciate you calling in and joining the party get home safe Uh, yeah listen you can feel the excitement going on right now for this Diamondbacks team and I think Jalen put it best you know they're playing with house money I don't think anybody expected the D-backs to be here. They're going to be one of the two last teams remaining in the National League this season. That is absurd. And I've got a really interesting stat that kind of uh, surmises that. And I'll give that to you when we come back. But more of your thoughts next on the postgame show. 602-260-9870. Are you the most excited fan in town? Prove it to me. 602 
260-9870. Steve Zinsmeister with you for at least a little while longer here on the Arizona Sports NLDS postgame special. Arizona Sports NLDS postgame special on 98.7 and the Arizona Sports app. One out, the one-two. Swing and a weak grounder to third. That's fair. Longoria charging. Throws on the run. Oh, what a backhand pick by Walker. The gold glover Walker. A sensational grab for the out. And now there are two down. Earlier today, somebody asked me who my favorite Arizona Diamondback was. And I think the obvious choices that a lot of people would have are Corbin Carroll or Zach Gallen. You know what I said? I said Christian Walker. Christian Walker is the kind of guy who can impact a game very subtly, sometimes very loudly, like the home run he hit at 113 miles per hour off the bat today. Incredible exit, Velo. Uh, but today it was defense, too. That pick at first base was remarkable. And credit to Evan Longoria. He's made a ton of really good defensive plays, including that one game where he had like three web gems uh, on the same game. To really, I, I think they don't win the game without him doing that. Today, he made a great play. It's just the throw is in the dirt. And Walker made a fantastic stretch to pick that one. Man, I love Christian Walker, especially in the context of having to fill the shoes of the the Diamondbacks' greatest franchise player in history and Paul Goldschmidt and being their most effective power hitter. Two straight seasons of 35 or more home runs, 90-plus RBIs. I mean, this guy's the real deal. And if you want to get into the contract stuff, I mean, that's the kind of guy he they found him a little bit later in life. You know, he's already, I think he's at least 30 years old. Um, Christian Walker has been fantastic for this organization. So I'm glad that we played that clip. Let's go back to the phones and let you guys join in on the party. Maybe you were at the game tonight. Maybe you're on your way home. Maybe you watched it home. Joey is in Scottsdale. Joey, walk me through the emotions of what you were feeling tonight. It was nervousness to start. Um, but once that it, the four, four home runs happened, it was excitement all the way through. Yeah, but you know what? I got to be honest with you. Even after four home runs, I'm still thinking to myself, this Dodgers team is too good. You, you can't just feel like you've got it in the bag. I never felt like the Diamondbacks had it in the bag during this series. Did you? I felt like they got it in the bag once we saw Freddie and we saw Mookie the last time at bats, and they did nothing. They were bums this whole series. Right then and there, I knew it was over. Yeah, no, I mean, I get that, dude. You had more confidence than I did, or at least more immediate confidence than I did. I was always kind of on the edge of my seat, even there in the ninth inning. As good as Paul Sewald has been, as good as Kevin Ginkle has been in the eighth, I don't know why, but I still was somehow just a little bit nervous. All right, thanks, Joey. Appreciate you calling in. Uh, Brian is in Phoenix. Brian, same basic hey, question. Good. Walk me through the Hello, emotions tonight. Hey, man. Hello. Hey, how you doing tonight? Oh, I'm, I'm on cloud nine. Are you? I, me too. I'm excited. You know, uh, I could be my, might be the mo- most excited, uh, biggest fan out there. I've worked inside the ballpark since 1999, and I've also been to 23 other ballparks watching the Diamondbacks play baseball. Wow. So to me, tonight was one of the, the best wins that I've had in a, a lot of years, and um, it was great to see live there at the ballpark. What do you do at the ballpark, Brian, if you don't mind me asking? Okay, so... Oh, no, you're fine. I'm good with that. Uh, for for 15 till 2015, I was working the team shop, and then I uh, turned over to selling beer to the fans. Nice. Mad respect for the beer so, sellers. <laughs> yeah, I go up and down the aisle saying ice-cold beer, and uh, I enjoy every second friend. of it. 
You what, do, I'm sorry? You're everybody's best friend. You're the guy who brings beer right? to my seat. Come on. Yes. You know what? It was so amazing because I can, it, it, when there's not as big a crowd as there was tonight, I could only walk down two or three aisles and I would sell my entire bucket of beer. Yeah. No doubt about it. Yeah, so it was great, and uh, I hope we can keep up the momentum that we've got going right now. And uh, nobody expected a team to that was in second place and just lost 110 games two years ago to be where we are right now. But if you had asked me yesterday how how we how I'm sorry if you had asked me yesterday if we had win this much, I would I would say yeah. The way we've been playing after losing four in a row to lose to end the season to be where we are right now is amazing. Hey, thanks for calling in and joining the party, Brian. You are a true super fan. Uh, you're everybody's best friend at the ballpark. We appreciate what you do for the team. And uh, yeah, isn't it funny though, too? Like I've had people ask me how I felt about the Dodgers. Are they going to win? Are they going to sweep the Dodgers? And I want to be like Brian and have so much confidence. In this. Yeah, have you seen the way they're playing lately? But I, for some reason, I always just kind of thought things would eventually, the scales would tip the other direction. They never did in this series. And that's still maybe to come. And we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show as we preview the NLCS. My one nitpicky thing about this postseason for the Diamondbacks, it's hard when you're 5-0, and you haven't lost, you never trailed to the Dodgers. There was never a doubt. I do have one nitpicky thing we'll talk about later in the show. Josh is in Scottsdale, and he wants to join the party. Josh, how are you feeling watching this win tonight? Cloud nine, man, just like anyone else. Just cloud nine, finally beat the Dodgers, finally... Just getting over the hump from 2017, facing them, and now going on trying to get over the 2007 hump and try to reach the World Series. Where does this rank among the Arizona sports moments for you? Well, hard to say number one because of the World Series, but definitely top five for sure. Yeah. I'm thinking that there's probably an argument to be made there. Hey, thanks for calling in, Josh. Really appreciate it. I heard that our next call is kind of a a hodgepodge of people, like a party going on in a car. I was given three names, Allison, Jacob, and Renee. So I don't know who I'm talking to here. Are you guys on your way home from the game? Is that what's happening here? Yes, we all went to the game together. Um, We, it was just absolutely nuts. Uh, It was, it was insane. The environment was insane. Um, we, we've been going to baseball games together for probably the last three years, um, and this has just been absolutely amazing to watch them win. Yeah, you picked a good one to go to. Who am I talking to right now? You sound like an Allison. Yes, that is an Allison. <laughs> yeah, I figured. My sister's name is Allison, so I, I kind of know. I kind of have the vibe. Um, you got the vibe. <laughs> I totally have the vibe figured out. Hey, I think it's awesome you guys go to games uh, all together. How many games did you go to this season? I went to 18 this year. 18? I, I, I probably went to about 15. Okay. Yeah, probably about the same. <laughs> All right. All right, Jacob. I got you. Man, you guys put that heck. I mean, it's, listen, this is the first home game of the postseason. It's unbelievable that the Diamondbacks are where they are and they only had to win one at home. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. I, is there a bigger sporting event you guys have been to together than this one today? No. No. no absolutely not. not. Yeah, I kind of figured. <laughs> What's the plan the rest of the night? Are you guys celebrating all night long? Yes. Yes, sir. We are currently in the In-N-Out drive-thru. And then we will be celebrating. I'm calling out tomorrow. All right. I'll get the best thing that's ever happened. I'll get a, which one's the double-double? The number two? I'll get a number two uh, (laughs) uh, cheese. Cheese if they have it and uh, fries. Sound good? 
specifically need to stick it to the Dodgers because we know where in and out came from and still do it better. Yeah, that one did actually come from California. You're right. But uh, we'll take it for the night. Hey, thanks for calling in, guys. Be safe and uh, enjoy the win, all right? You too. Thank you. Literally a party here on the postgame special tonight. I just had three people in the same car call in. That's hilarious. And that's what this game, that's what this team right now means to the Valley. I know that we can be fair weather fans in Arizona. I get that. But look at what happens when teams are on fire. Look at what happened with the Suns in 2021 when they go to the NBA Finals. And I know, I know how it ended up. It wasn't good. I get that. But it was an incredible run that everybody could get behind. And I felt that in each of the postseason since then with the Phoenix Suns. Look at what happened in 2015 with the Arizona Cardinals. I know it feels like a long time ago. Uh, but again, it ended poorly against the Panthers. But again, look at how the Valley rallied around the Arizona Cardinals. I have the same feeling right now about the Diamondbacks. You don't get that very often. And what's really cool about it is this Diamondbacks team is built right now for the long run. I'm not talking about this postseason run. I'm talking about years to come. They've got a lot of these guys locked in. Corbin Carroll's locked up under contract for a number of years. Perdomo is young. Uh, Cattell Marte's under contract for a minute. Uh, you've got some young pitchers on this staff. They got Paul Seawald at the deadline who's got an extra year on his contract. I mean, this team is built. Uh, the, 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 the core is there. Now you just got to add the peripheral pieces. It's, it's really phenomenal to watch. And now the Diamondbacks will get to play for the, the pennant for the first time since 2000. And seven, man, has it been a minute, but it was worth the wait listening to some of you guys talk on your way home from the game tonight. Thanks for calling into the party. We got more coming up next on the postgame special. We're going to preview a little bit of the NLCS. We can finally put the cart before the horse because it's not before the horse anymore. We're headed to the championship series. We're going to preview it. Won't you join me next? Arizona Sports NLDS postgame special on 98.7 and the Arizona Sports app. Two outs in the ninth. Tied run to the plate. 4-2 Diamondbacks. Seawall ready. Here's the pitch. And a fly ball to left. Gurriel's there. He's got it. And the Diamondbacks have beaten the Dodgers. They have swept them out of Phoenix. They win 4-2 and advance for the first time since 2007 to the National League Championship Series. Legendary broadcaster Greg Schulte on the call tonight. He joked post game that the Diamondbacks don't seem to want him to retire. And I'm sure he's just thrilled to keep on working for the time being. Steve Zinsmeister here with you on the Arizona Sports NLDS post game special. Maybe we should start calling it the NLCS special. And I've been calling it a party. Uh, thanks to you guys who called in during the post game show to celebrate with us. A four to two win, a sweep of the Dodgers, never trailed in the series exercising a lot of demons in this postseason. Uh, my good friend Alex Weiner covers the team for Arizona Sports, and he tweeted just a few minutes ago, Tori Lovello said post game that Gabriel Moreno's x-rays on his hand came back negative, and he is now considered day-to-day. They have four days off until the next series starts on Monday, so he's got plenty of time to heal up a little bit. Gabriel Moreno's been... He's been getting dinged up, man. And to his credit, he's played through all of it. He got hit in the head in the Brewers series by a backswing from Bryce Terang. Then today he gets hit on the hand by a a foul ball off the bat of Chris Taylor. So good news. Torrey Lovello says the X-rays came back negative. Here's an interesting stat that I teased earlier in the show. Jeff Passan for ESPN tweeted this one out. This October, 
Here are the regular season win leaders in order and how they've done in the postseason. Atlanta won 104 games this season. The best team in the regular G-back season. Sweep the- and now they're down 2-1 to one in the NLDS. They're not out of it, but they're down. 101 wins for the Baltimore Orioles this season. Swept in the DS. 100 wins for the Dodgers. Swept in the DS. These are the three best teams in baseball. The fourth best team was the Rays. 99 wins, swept in the wild card. Then Milwaukee, 92 wins, swept in the wild card. We're through the first five teams already, and none of them have advanced. Then you've got 90 win teams, Houston, uh, Houston, the Astros, and the Texas Rangers, both in the ALCS, and Philadelphia, one win away from the NLCS. They had 90 wins, and then, oh, by the way, the 84-win Arizona Diamondbacks have already clinched the NLCS and are undefeated in the postseason. And quite honestly, demolished the Dodgers. It was never close. Remarkable. And I know a lot of people are talking about, we got to change the format of the playoffs back to the... That's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. I understand the argument that maybe uh, some of these good teams having a bye kind of set them back a little because they forgot how to play baseball over the course of five days. Give me a break. Give me a break. The Diamondbacks had to go and face a really good Brewers team to get to where they are today, just to play the Dodgers. The Dodgers got extra time to rest. Take it. Don't complain about it. Very interesting, though, how a small sample size of baseball can be so different than the larger sample size of a full season. The best team doesn't always win. Sometimes the hottest team wins, and that's how the Diamondbacks got to where they are today. So let's talk a little bit about the NLCS. We've talked plenty about how 16 years, uh, since 2007, they haven't played for a pennant. What's the NLCS going to look like? Well, currently, we talked about the Phillies and the and the Braves and how the Phillies are up 2-1 in the series. Looking at some of the team stats in the postseason, the Philadelphia Phillies are hot. They're probably, by OPS, they are the second best team in the postseason, only to the Arizona Diamondbacks, interestingly enough. An 869 OPS, they've got plenty of top hitters. They've got 10 home runs, which is second, again, only to the Arizona Diamondbacks. 28 RBIs, second only to the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Texas Rangers. Uh, They've been quite good offensively. In fact, Bryce Harper has just completely taken over this postseason. He's already got three home runs of his own. The only other person to do that in the postseason right now is Gabriel Moreno, by the way. Uh, Bryce Harper has an OPS of 1.382, well over 1,000. 1,000 and a third, if you will. They've got other star players, by the way. JT Real Muto has been very good. Trey Turner, who had a terrible first half by his standards, came on strong late in the season. Really good last, like, two months of the year, and then just carried it into the postseason. He's hitting 400 in the postseason. Nick Castellanos in their outfield is hitting over 300. Uh, Bryson Stott is a name that people are getting very familiar with. He's got seven RBIs already in this postseason. So the the Phillies have a lineup, man. They are tough. That's an offensive-minded ball club. And they went all in on offense the last few years under Dave Dombrowski. He decided to go all offense. Defense be damned. Okay, if we got to put Nick Castellanos in right field, so be it. We're getting the bat. That's the decision they made. Okay, we're going to put uh, Kyle Schwarber in the outfield on a couple of days. He's going to be the DH now, but most, you know, he might play in the outfield. Bad defensive player. They go for the offense, and so far, it's paying off for them. 
You want to talk about the Braves? Because they may be down in the series, but we all know what this team is capable of. We talked about how Ronald Acuna and Matt Olson were two of the best players in baseball this year. Austin Riley can work his way into a conversation as well. Michael Harris in their outfield. Uh, Sean Murphy was one of the best catchers throughout the year. Ozzie Albies is one of the best second basemen in the league. Spencer Strider is far and away the best strikeout pitcher. A guy capable of 300 strikeouts in a season? Are you kidding me? That doesn't happen in modern baseball. Spencer Strider could do it. That's the capabilities of the Atlanta Braves, who may be down in their series, but they're not out. Offensively speaking, they're hitting 196 in the postseason. That's why they're where they're at right now, because they just haven't hit the ball effectively. And I kind of feel the way, I kind of feel like with them the same way I feel about the Dodgers. I read on Twitter, uh, I follow somebody who's a Dodgers fan. I follow a lot of Dodgers fans, unfortunately, but uh, I, I saw one just after the game that said, pathetic from the Dodgers, they clearly don't have a leader. That is the biggest piece of bogusness I have ever read. You're telling me that a team with Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, two guys who have both won MVPs and were in the conversation for one this year, despite there being an obvious MVP, you're telling me that that team doesn't have leadership? That wasn't the problem for the Dodgers. The problem for the Dodgers is their starting pitching got shellacked. The problem is that their hitters didn't hit. They hit 177 in the postseason. They're going home early by their standards because they didn't play well. They didn't perform. It wasn't a lack of leadership. It's not like they threw this team together at the trade deadline and said, all right, go figure it out. We're talking about Freddie Freeman, who hits like 340 every season. We're talking about Mookie Betts, who despite his size is one of the best hitters that baseball has seen over the past decade. Don't tell me they didn't have leadership. If you want to make the case that they had a lot of starting pitchers that were out for one reason or another, okay, we can have that conversation. But it doesn't matter. They played what they had, and they played poorly. And I kind of feel the same way about the Braves right now. We all know what they have on the team. It's intimidating. But they're not performing well. That's what the postseason is, by the way. And the Diamondbacks have taken full advantage of that. The Diamondbacks have been one of the streakiest teams in baseball. They had a nine-game losing streak in the second half. They looked really, really bad at the beginning of the second half of the season. And then they turned it around. And they get hot. And they get streaky. And right now, they're on the best streak of the entire season. It's coming at the absolute perfect time. And they carry it into the National League Championship Series. Which is where you're going to hear the next game. Right here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports, on Monday, when they take on either the Philadelphia Phillies or the Atlanta Braves. Do you think there will be a lot of D-backs fans watching that series over the next couple days? I sure will be. I want to thank you for joining us uh, tonight for the Arizona Sports NLDS postgame special. Can't wait for the NLCS postgame special. And I hope that you'll join me then. Uh, I'm Steve Zinsmeister for my producer tonight, Allie Narini, as well. And for everybody who helped make this show as fun as it could be tonight, it was an absolute party. And I want to thank you for joining it. Uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks demolish the Los Angeles Dodgers, exercising some demons tonight, 4-2. to And they send the Dodgers home without ever trailing to them. Wow. We'll see you in the NLCS. Yeah.